Gal. guys and welcome to get live podcast we are here today at platform a gaming bar in london which i've been here before but i don't think our guest has been here before we're going to be testing out a new thing on the podcast where we're going to be talking with games industry professionals Ooh, that's really exciting so the first person we've got on today is melissa larson from square enix hello melissa how are you today I am a little bit nervous. I've never recorded for a podcast before, so this is uh, quite mm-hmm. exciting. You know what? I think that's a, with a lot of the guests that we have. It's usually their first podcast, whether it was Keiji Tang, the voice actor, Chin, or even Nathan. Oh, um, yes. I know Chin and Nathan very Chin well. Chin and Nathan. You know what? There's this meme on the podcast where every time we mention Nathan, we have to say hello to him. Hello, I'm, Nathan. Uh, hi, Nathan. <laughs> so this episode's not about Nathan. It's about you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's me. about you. Yeah, it's, it's about me. you. So before we get into the main bulk of discussion, I'm just going to go through our disclaimer. Big shout out to Platform, who's actually allowed us to use their space. There's some background music as well. It's quite nice. Um, And big shout out to Crunchyroll, our sponsor, as well as Goimart. (laughs) Melissa, we were supposed to bring you something, but it didn't arrive from Japan. So because of customs, but we'll try and get that to you as soon as possible. Oh, that's so exciting. I didn't expect gifts. (laughs) So usually what it is, is when we invite a guest on the podcast, it's something that I learned from Koei's because they used to give us gifts. I think it's like a Japanese custom, right? It's definitely a Japanese thing. I just didn't think of it, I guess. (laughs) Usually we give you gifts, but it was most likely what it was actually going to be is like Japanese snacks, Kit Kats and things like that. So I will try and see if we can get that to you another time. Um, awesome. Yeah, so look forward to that. I'm so excited. How did you get started in gaming? So by gaming, do you mean as a gamer? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah so um, I've always loved the idea of video games, but I wasn't allowed a console as a child. And it wasn't until I think I got to about eight years old when uh, my dad eventually bought me a PlayStation 2. And that was super exciting. And I still have this PlayStation 2 to this day because it means a lot to me. And that my first game I ever got was uh, Spyro, uh, Enter the Dragonfly, and Britney's Dance Beat, which is the greatest musical rhythm game of all time. I'm also a massive Britney Spears fan, so hence it's, you know, top tier gaming. I'm a real gamer girl here. <laughs> but that's how I got into games, and it, oh, it's a bit of a sad story. I'm not going to trauma dump, but basically, fast forward a little bit, I'm in foster care. Well, I could tell you why, but you don't want to hear it. <laughs> and I borrowed this kid's PlayStation 2 because I didn't have mine and he had Kingdom Hearts on his PS2. I love Disney, huge Disney fan. And I was like, well, I, I, I want to try that game. It's got Mickey Mouse and Donald and Goofy on it. And the, the characters look really cool. And at the time I lived in Sweden, bearing in mind. Sailor Moon and Pokemon were really popular. So I was already into anime. So all I could see was like anime and Disney. To me, that's perfect. And I became obsessed with Kingdom Hearts because of this one random game that was in this random foster kid's bedroom. And ever since Kingdom Hearts, like that, that was it. Like I loved Spyro and all the other games as it is, but this, but Kingdom Hearts really set it off for me. I was like, I need to play every Final Fantasy. I need to get into this JRPG world. I'm a pretty like hardcore lover of JRPGs. So that was where it stemmed from. And I was eight years old when this happened. So from then on out, I went downhill <laughs> into the JRPG world. 
You know what? That kind of sounds similar to my story, to be honest with you, because when I was a child, we had games consoles, but we were too young to play them. Like me and my twin sister, we were like babies when my older sisters got a Sega drive, like Sega Mega, and we actually broke it, which is actually a very interesting story because we're we're babies. You know, we understood that when you open the console, it does the Sega, you know that sound, yeah, like, yeah, that splash screen, and we were like, okay, they put something into the console to make that sound because if there's no cartridge, it's not going to make that sound. So our mum used to give us like carrots and stuff as a snack so we were like okay let's put the carrots into the sega mega oh. and turn it on and see it exploded oh um gosh. so we kind of fucked up their console and they didn't have a games console i think since the ps like after that was probably the playstation 2 at that point we were like really young and we got our ps2 like a couple of weeks before release i don't know how that was possible but like my dad was like the kind of guy that if you ask him for something he'll bend over backwards to get it um, and then some crazy shit happened. My father passed away and then it was just like the same sort of story in that sense because it was those Japanese games that kind of, I don't know, I, I used it to kind of forget about everything. I have exactly the same story. So the reason I was put into foster care was because my dad committed suicide. Sorry, trigger warning. Um, but when I went to the foster care, it was just because my mom wasn't living in Sweden at the time, so she couldn't take us just yet. We weren't there for very long, but during that time, I was obviously very upset about it all. But whilst I was so sad about not having my dad, who was, you know, the person I loved so much, I had Kingdom Hearts, <laughs> which was amazing to me. And I had JRPGs and I, it just, it made me so happy in such a horrible time. And you know what? I think that's the lovely thing about games, because I've mentioned it on the podcast before. Sometimes playing a certain game can take you out of a shitty situation. Mm. You might be having a bad mental health day or whatever the case may be. And a game could save your life. A game could make you feel better. It could make you feel as if nothing has happened. You know what I mean? 100% agree. I'm very passionate about games being used in that way and it's very much been something that's helped me throughout all of childhood and teenagehood and even adulthood yeah no i still feel the same way like i was talking about fire emblem recently on a, another podcast episode basically my house sort of fell apart like the ceiling collapsed and it fucked up my room and i had to buy new like podcast equipment and things like that and the only thing i had left was like my nintendo switch and a copy of fire emblem three houses and i was just sleeping on the floor thinking about what the fuck is going on and it's just i was just playing that game i was like you know what i'm just gonna sink my life into it that was a good thing it was a good thing i did that but from that point from your childhood how did that sort of love for gaming and in fact love for japanese gaming like jrpgs how did that kind of sustain so i mean like with anyone having hobbies you just continue playing games as you grow older and uh, i think the thing about me was that games wasn't my necessarily my first choice of career i had two choices it was either going to be gaming or it's going to be music Okay. So when I was in college, for example, I was studying, you know, graphic design and I was studying music tech and a couple of other things and business as well. So a couple of things. And when I was applying for university, I looked at in the UK, when you apply for universities, you pick your top five, is it? Okay. And I only liked three courses. But the three courses I liked were all completely different. So my other big passion next to video games is music. I'm a big pop punk lover. I love rock music and metalcore, anything in that genre. I'm a big old emo, basically. So I knew how to play guitar and you had to play piano and all this. And I also studied music tech. So I have experience when it comes to like recording and stuff like that. So one of the courses was a music.
music technology or production course um, so I could become a music producer. Another one of the courses was like a stage management course which is more like setting up stages for musicians or for TV. So again, very, very different. Uh, and then the third one was a video games design course. And again, super different. They were all completely different. And they all require entirely different skills. The reason I went with video games design, which is the one I ended up going for in the end, was because the university that accepted me for video games design, shout out to London South Bank University, gave me a scholarship for the three years because I got oh, wow. really good grades. So I was really lucky and got that scholarship and went on to do video games design. And it was at university back then that I was able to gather experience before working full-time in video games and that's why I've ever since been able to work in video games full-time. So it just feels like everything has sort of fallen into place for you. Yeah it's like I was destined for video games because obviously I've always loved it I've always played games and I even make jokes about my current job at Square Enix because uh, I saw a status from like 10 years ago telling my friend oh you need to play Final Fantasy and it's like I've been marketing Square Enix games before they employed me <laughs> like I've been it's doing interesting that you mentioned marketing so what is your job at Square Enix? So right now I'm a marketing manager just recently got promoted I well market video games and marketing essentially is advertising and getting the image of whatever game I'm working on out there so that includes uh, making sure there is in-store presence at retail making sure there are ads online and outside depending on how big the game is depending on how big our budgets are making sure that uh, I work closely with PR and influencers and our media agency to ensure there is visibility on whatever game I'm working on absolutely everywhere. So any like bus ads you see, any like online ads you see, that is what my team would basically do. And we basically come up with plans on how we're planning to execute it as, you know, as it comes up to launch and during the pre-order phase and post-launch and any DLC drops after that. So there is always like a concise plan that comes with it and it's my job to make sure that the budgeting is used correctly and put into the right areas that will make the game marketed right. Before that, you were working in PR, correct? I was doing both PR and marketing and community. So it was a smaller company, so I was doing a little bit of everything. And that was at a company called Reef Entertainment, um, who publish NAS America and Idea Factory games in Europe. It's very interesting because that's actually how I know about you. And we, I know about you through Jazz, right? You, you know Jazz very well. Yeah, Jazz, Jazz was uh, one of my closest friends uh, and he was my first friend in the games industry, really. The reason why I know you through Jazz was because you guys can go and check the episodes back in the day, but we did a lot of episodes with Reef. We went to their offices. We had a really good relationship with Reef Entertainment, and that was because of people like Will and people like Jazz and things like that. So the thing is, Jazz never used to give us codes. I don't know why. It's because I used to go to MCM and I'm like, Jazz, okay, we're going to do this recording here. We're going to do this, this, and this. And it was kind of like QVC with Jazz. Like, he was like, oh, bitch, there's this uh, new game. You should buy it. Like, okay, cool, I'll buy it. I, I spent a shit ton of money. <laughs> and I didn't know that press got, like, games for free and, you know, all this kind of stuff. So he was selling the games to me. And a lot of the time, I'm sorry, Jazz, but you were selling me, like, really... Like, I was, like, 18, and you were selling me, like, really expensive games. But... 
in his defense, I really did enjoy them. So, yeah, I don't know. It's a bit of a good thing and a bit of a bad thing at the same time. Um, I'm not here to slag off Jazz no, or anything no. like that. Jazz, if you're listening, I'm sorry, but I had to say it. But it was only until Jazz was leaving that he introduced me to you. And you gave me the first code that we ever use on the podcast. So that's why I brought you on today. See, that's wild to me because I, I just kind of gave codes to whoever seemed relevant and whoever seemed like they made sense for the game. So I knew your podcast was very, you know, it's it, there is an anime-centric feel to it all. Yeah. And it made sense for you to have, you know, the codes that NAS America and Idea Factory did publish at the time. So it made sense. And again, with marketing, a big part of marketing is knowing our target audience. The type of people who would listen to your podcast are going to appreciate you talking about those kind of yeah, games. That's true. I don't know if you remember it exactly, but this was something that sort of stuck in my head because at that time I was speaking to a lot of people in PR around the same time, but none of them were giving me codes and things like that. I think it was for Dungan Rompa. It was like something like Danganronpa Ultra Despair Girls or something like that and you'd sent a physical copy yeah and you'd wrote a little note on the inside where did that idea come from because especially at the time being a small publication it was such an impactful thing for me and I imagine for a lot of other smaller creators and publications at the time I think it's an industry practice you should really be writing notes to who you're working with because you want to obviously you want to develop a good relationship with who you're sending codes to because you, you want them to you know continue wanting to review your games to continue covering you because eventually over time uh, people might not care anymore and in this instance it's just a nice thing to do like it's just seeming friendly keeping those relations up and it's not really using them because you want them to you know you, you want them to like you you want them to like you as a company but also as a person the industry is super small no matter what company I work at I'm always gonna bump into the same people and it's just nice to be nice you know what it's very interesting that you mentioned that, that this industry is quite small in the sense that you're always going to be interacting with the same sort of people because I met you for the first time in person at the Jujutsu Kaisen press event. Yeah. I'm, I'm saying that in air quotes because I know I was invited because I was a member of the press, right? From Crunchyroll and all that kind of stuff. But I was so confused because I saw Nathan there and I was just like, why the hell is Nathan here? He's not in the anime industry. So me and Nathan are friends with the guys who used to work at Crunchyroll or Funimation. And they basically invited Nathan as a friend because they had spare spots. And they invited my friend Kerry, who works at Xbox. And Kerry uh, couldn't bring her plus one anymore, so she was asking around, oh, who can come along with me? And I said, oh, I can. But then I'd seen that they'd invited, you know, Nathan. And I was just a bit like, oh, we're friends too. Why didn't you invite me in the first place? I believe uh, Frey at the time, he, he like apologized and felt really bad about it. He's he didn't a know I was interested. Yeah, I, I, do love, I do love Frey. Shout out to Frey, by the way. But, a legend. Ooh. What's going there are, on there, there are people drinking very loudly. Well, this is a bar, so I'd imagine... You know what? They're having a good time, Melissa. Why Why you have to ruin it for them? No, they're living their best They're lives. living their best <laughs> life. But we're not drinking today, are we? I don't drink anyway, Oh, you don't? So. Okay. That's good, because I don't either. No? Good. Oh, really? Yeah, shout it's out. very rare to meet someone else who doesn't drink. The reason why I don't drink is because I used to drink when I was doing the podcast, because I was, like, really afraid. Oh. So I was just like, oh, I'll take a shot before recording but then it just kind of got a little bit weird i was like you know what it's not a good thing so i kind of stopped doing that that's that's really cool to hear that you've been able to progress past the drinking yeah because you know what there's this level of like social drinking and it's it's okay if you're (laughs) it's someone's birthday today who's birthday? you know what i just want to go over to them and just speak to them season (laughs) 
It's Virgo season, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it's Virgo season. You know what? It was your birthday a few weeks ago, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, it was when it was Leo season. So when it was Leo season. Yeah. Do you prefer being a Leo? I am a very proud Leo. Okay, that's good. Because my sister is a Leo. I, I know. I, I found out from her when I met her. <laughs> no, not that sister. Hmm? Not that sister. I have like five, like three sisters. Oh, I forgot. No. Are you sure she didn't say she was... What did she say? She was Capri- Libra? Capricorn. Capricorn. Yeah, because we're twins. Oh. Ooh. Born on Christmas Day. Oh, that's so unfortunate. It's shit. Thank you. That is so everyone unfortunate. Is, everyone I speak to is like, oh, you must have a great time on Christmas. Blah, blah, blah. You, no one gets to visit you on Christmas Day. No, it's listen, shit. I, I'm a Leo and I'm all about getting the attention. Yeah. If Santa Claus and Jesus was taking my attention away from me, I'd be so upset. Yeah. So, no, I feel for you both. That's, yeah, no, that's it's, it's shit. You know what? At the same time, though, I'm not complaining because my older sister, shout out to Christina if she's listening. Uh, her birthday was on the 1st of August. She actually buys us gifts on her birthday. Oh, that's so cute. I'm telling you, this is why Leo women are the best. They're so generous. What is that so about? So true. You know what? This is not like a horoscope podcast, but shout out to the Leos out there. Thank you. <laughs> that being said, we're going to continue this conversation, but we are going to go on a little bit of an ad break. So enjoy the ads. If you're listening on Patreon, then you're not listening to ads. So good for you guys. Before we get into the ads, just want to shout out our coffee page. If you guys want to support the podcast either monthly or through a one-time donation, we really do appreciate it because coffee doesn't take a fee. So all of the amount of money that you're going to be donating goes straight to us. So that's really awesome. We do have goals set up on there, like for podcast equipment, for artwork and things like that. So anything you donate is going to go straight back into making this podcast a better experience, a better show. We will be using it correctly. So I will assure you that. So that is ko-fi.com forward slash get a live podcast thank you and back onto the ads this episode of the podcast is brought to you by platform visit experienceplatform.co.uk for more information platform is a gaming bar in london that's also serving food and lovely cocktails you guys can bring your whole squads there or if you wanted to just game by yourself on pc feel free to as well i will say this we've been at platform many times for personal events but also for the podcast as you guys know we record our episodes where we talk to games industry professionals and influencers at platform so it is an awesome place big shout out to platform for letting us use their space uh, one thing i will say this about platform is that they've got wonderful pizzas i remember the first time i went to platform i ordered chocobo and chorizo i know it sounds really sadistic but it's basically a chicken and chorizo pizza which is really cool it's one of my favorites but they've also got uh, vegetarian options as well like the farmville as well as the toadstool the toadstool is quite nice it's basically mozzarella tomato and mushroom they also serve some wonderful cocktails as well as some awesome games so what i tend to do is i tend to book out a multiplayer zone and we get together and we play on the switch on the ps4 tends to be a mario party mario kart those kind of games as well as your playstation games your fighting games you want to get in with your team and go fighting games want to play a little bit of tekken you're more than welcome to they also do bottomless brunches which you can also pre-order online for a spot remember if you guys want to check them out that is experienceplatform.co.uk you'll 
you'll find all of their information there as well as menus and other info genuinely it's a really nice place especially if you are visiting to london it's very well connected and don't know if you know this but they also do private hire and events so if you want to rent out for your whole squad if you want to or if you're someone that's in the gaming industry and you're listening to this podcast then you can actually use it for private hire i've been to a lot of press events that actually take place at platform so yeah what are you guys doing go to experienceplatform.co.uk and book now thank you platform for sponsoring this episode of the podcast back onto the episode okay we are back um we didn't actually go on a break we're still continuing recording so there's no rest for us i guess yeah, i was gonna say what break <laughs> no we didn't get a break unfortunately that's how i that's how we roll on the podcast we don't take any breaks but we were talking about how you're working at reef entertainment and things like that from there where did you kind of go well, actually, I think I need to give you context before Reef. Oh, okay. So, when I was in university studying video games design, um, they teach you all kinds of like aspects of games. Because obviously, I did not go into the design aspect, but I was volunteering a lot for other games companies for free. So, I did some work with Bethesda at EGX. I was doing promo work uh, for The Evil Within and Elder Scrolls Online. And I also did some games testing for Roll 7 and studios and I was just doing this to really like flesh out my CV as much as I could whilst I was still in university so it looked like I had some experience working with games companies and it was during my time uh, volunteering that I met some really cool people in the industry uh, particularly a woman called Corina who uh, at the time worked for Bethesda and uh, she now went on to found her own company um, oh gosh I can't remember what they're called from the top of my head I'll remember it in a second I'm really bad with names but she was a uh, marketing manager and I was just really inspired by what she did and the things uh, she was working on it and I kind of looked at her and thought I want to be just like her the thing also about working is that I feel like there's a stereotype and I don't know if it's just because I'm half Filipino so I'm half Asian uh, you're kind of told that you can't have tattoos that you can't have colored hair that you can't um, be alternative in any way basically because you won't get a job and my mum, who is a Filipino woman, was very much like, you've got to get a job, you've got to earn money, you know. Like, she wanted me to be successful really badly. And obviously, she wasn't very happy when I didn't study to become a doctor or a lawyer, the stereotypical Asian stereotype. Um, but I looked at Karina and I thought, this woman has green hair, is fully tattooed, she has a full-on sleeve, and is working on some of the biggest games in the world. And I was like, I can be successful and I can look like the way I want to look like. So it was looking at her that made me eventually, you know, over time, I, I ended up getting tattoos. I eventually dyed my hair, you know, and, and stuff like that. But, I would, but, but also she helped me get into the industry. So she taught me how to write a nice CV. She, um, I believe she referred me to Square Enix because she used to work there. Oh, okay. So um, before at Reef, she did not help me with Reef, but she did help me write a CV. So it did help to some degree. But she was definitely somebody who basically made me want to go into marketing and she inspired me the most when it came to working in uh, the games industry. It's very interesting that you mentioned the sort of Asian mindset, especially if you're not a doctor, if you're not things yeah. like because I think it's not just Asian people. I mean, for me personally, like especially in the Middle East, it's the same issue. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you're not a doctor, if you're not a lawyer, if you're not an engineer, then you're pretty much nothing. Yeah. Like I was having a conversation with my mum the other day as you do yeah yeah and she was saying she was like Mish you know what when you when you speak to people 
at least people in in that sort of Arab community, you should always tell them, even if you're not working as, because I originally a certified architect so technically i can work as an architect That's legally so cool it's such a pain in the oh, ass okay. i fucking hated architecture which is weird because my mom actually told me when i was going and studying at university she was like you should go into like radio and broadcasting because i was doing the podcast at the time i should have listened to her but i was such an idiot i was like you know what i'm gonna decide to be an architect and i went through maybe like four years of the worst it was like the worst time of my life but the, the point being is that she was saying that you know when you speak to people at least in that same community even if you're working some other place and even if you're making hundreds of thousands of pounds or whatever not that i make that but <laughs> even if you are getting to that point where you're really successful in what you're doing you should still mention that you're an architect i'm like what the why should that affect anything at the end of the day what you mentioned was really good because it's like you're living your truth you have that sort of ability to be free in a way i know yeah, it sounds yeah. a bit corny but it's like there's something very beautiful to that because there's a lot of people that they might have a passion in gaming or they might have a passion in the anime industry but they're sort of held down by these old sort of mentalities and things like that so it's very interesting that you mentioned yeah it's funny because i even have friends who went to private school or whatever and those friends i didn't go to private school just fyi i just got very lucky but i have friends who did go to private school and their friends from private school will tell them oh i don't understand your job in gaming and these people would have all you know went on to become lawyers and doctors and whatever more well-respected jobs are um and there is definitely still a little bit of a judgment and then there's also like the gender judgment i used to have a lot of girls come up to me at events especially when i used to do more events with reef and they would say to me how did you get into games i wasn't sure whether to apply because the whole male dominated industry things intimidates me and and i would tell them it's fine because most people who work in video games are lovely and you know if, if you don't apply you don't get the chance it is still a very male dominated industry but it's getting much much better over time and i would always always encourage people to to try and apply even if you're from minority background and to not let let anything put you off especially because of your identity do you feel that there's a lot to sort of change within like the industry at large because you did mention it is predominantly like male focused and there's a lot of companies that are getting a lot of flack if we're talking about like activision blizzard and you know a lot of sort of sexual harassment happens in video games and stuff like that do you feel like it's improving it is getting better to some degree and it does depend on the company i do think that certain places are better than others so like i'm not gonna delve too deep into it but i feel like if something like that happened at square enix everyone would just everyone would blow up everyone would fight and it it just yeah i don't think it's so much of an issue in some companies but i do think you know a lot of british people are quite loud are quite feisty and if they knew something bad was happening they would say something i know that if something happened to me in my i have a lot of friends in the industry and they would all back me up and vice versa i would fight anyone who's in trouble i think the problem is everywhere but it is getting better in certain areas but i can't say too much about it because it hasn't fully happened to me i've had sexist comments in the past from people outside of the industry like like twitter you, people and things like that yeah so even twitter or even in real life when i used to be on the idea factory booth i would have guys come up to me and say do you even play video games can you even talk, tell, tell me about this game yeah and i'll start telling them about hyperdimension neptunia and i would tell them everything about it and everything it's about and who developed it you and, know i i hate people like that yeah and, and and they look at me like oh never mind and just walk off mid-sentence yeah. and i'm like oh well i was ready to sell the game to you you know yeah that that's the thing that pisses me off generally because it's like 
Okay. I got a notification on my phone from Xbox. Someone has turned on my Xbox at home. What's going on? It's a um, ghost. It's a, it's a ghost or it's Georgina, probably. Oh, yeah. Um, she's been playing a lot of Yakuza at the moment. You know what? Yakuza is amazing. It is such a good game. It's I don't know what's favorites. about it. But going back onto that point, because it's kind of annoying. You get it a lot in the anime industry as well. Mm. These sort of... I don't know the word to say it because I know it happens in like Koei's community as well. And I kind of call them the Muso meatheads. You know, like the people that are incredibly like sexist and homophobic and transphobic and like generally just shitheads, you know? Yeah, I, mean? yeah. I don't know like I didn't think people had the balls to do that in person no it happens in person too obviously it's more common online like yeah. I recently posted about some job listings at Square Enix for example and I said something like oh I'd encourage you to apply if you're like a woman or a person of colour or non-binary or queer or whatever and someone was like oh this is discrimination blah blah blah, blah. but I never said don't apply if you're a white man I mean you're more than welcome to apply and most of my friends in the industry are white cis men and they're some of the nicest people I've ever met but they also understand that you know we have to encourage the minorities more that they're welcome to join and right now again not going too much into it right now in my team at work I am the only person of color and I'm only half I'm still half white so and I'm pretty white passing as well again not saying that it's uh, done on purpose because it's it's just that they're really good at their job and they got hired for a reason but you know there's a pool of people that apply and most of them are going to be white and male so it's more of me just encouraging like you know what if you are of these minorities definitely try and apply you know give it a chance you know don't let the, the stereotypes put you off i do agree that stereotypes do kind of play a part in it but i think at the same time it's like a lot of people especially in the gaming industry or people that want to get into the gaming industry maybe think like am i good enough you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, I know when I was starting this podcast, I didn't think that I'd get, like, codes and, you know, Jazz was making me buy the games. <laughs> but it's like, I didn't expect that. I was just doing it as, like, a hobby. And I never thought that it would be something that would make me any money or anything yeah. like that. Because you don't think about it like that. Mm -mm. There's there's that level of disconnect with, oh, this is gaming. And, you know, like, I know that there's a lot of families that if you said to them, oh, I work in the gaming industry, they're like, so why are you wasting your life? Like, people just assume yeah. that. Because people think gamers are lazy and people think gamers yeah. don't contribute to society. But when you think about it, like I was speaking to some family members recently and I was talking about the gaming industry. I was like, you know what? The gaming industry makes more money than Hollywood. Yeah, it which does. A lot of people don't know, but people respect Hollywood. Yeah, they do. So I don't I don't think people are like necessarily ready yet, as in like the general zeitgeist for gaming as such. No, you're right. Uh, I do think it's getting a little bit better over time because for example with uh you know games are now starting to be recognized as a true art form so you get um oh i'm trying to remember the name of those music awards in america uh what's the really really famous one called oh goodness me well even things like baftas for example okay. so there's bafta games which is you know it's being recognized more widely as a true art form in the same way as movies and tv and this wasn't like a thing before that's the thing it's 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 happening over time and, oh grammys grammys it's called the grammys so the grammys has for the first time this year opened up categories for best soundtracks and best music in video games oh wow okay. and for something like the Grammys that recognizes, you know, very stereotypical mainstream artists, like, you know, people who deserve it, like... I, I, Beyonce. Yeah, exactly, like Beyonce. You know, they recognize only the standard musicians as real music, but then you 
even have you listened to the near soundtrack near soundtrack deserves every music award in the whole world it is beautiful and you got um like radio stations like classic fm who now play final fantasy soundtracks i've noticed that yeah that's a bit why well i mean also they have the um fun fancy proms well not proms what was the word for a the concert orchestra, yeah that's the it. um distant worlds which is amazing yeah. i didn't think people would even attend that Bear in mind, I've never played Final Fantasy until, well, I played Final Fantasy 13. Okay. And this is where Square Enix has to turn off their headphones. Don't listen to this part, Square Enix. But basically, I rage quit that game. It was the only game I ever rage quit. So my friends told me, hey, Bish, you should play Final Fantasy 13. And I bought the game when it came out. And I didn't get past the second disc because at that time, yeah. You had to put games on like three or four yeah. discs, right? Especially on the Xbox. And I was just so annoyed. It was just like, why am I grinding? And I'm not even anywhere near finished this game. This game is actually shit. But bear in mind, I've never played a JRPG before. I've never played Persona. I've never played Final Fantasy. And I didn't have any sort of real experience with it. I, like, at that time, the most sort of level of Japanese game I was playing was Koei Tecmo games. Like Dynasty Warriors, Samurai Warriors. Which I know a lot of people are like, oh, they're really fucking easy games. You just press square. <laughs> which they are. And Nathan, I'm sorry. Well, Nathan doesn't work at Koei anymore. By the time this comes yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, he would. Yeah, they've, they've got decent games. Yeah. No, I, I, do, I do like, uh, I'm a big, big fan of Dead or Alive, so. Really? Yeah. Dead or Alive? Dead Koei, or Alive. Koei's sort of forgotten about that time. No, I'm, I am Melissa Larson and I love Dead or Alive. Feel free to use that, Koei. A bit of a tangent. Who do you main in DOA? Oh, ah, Kokoro. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's because at the time I had naturally dark hair. So I would always go for the character that had like dark brown or black hair because I thought it was me. <laughs> Which is funny because nowadays like I've got, well, fake bleach blonde hair and I still don't play as the blonde character because originally I saw the, the brown haired characters me and I liked that there was characters that kind of look like me. I know they're not realistic bodies or whatever, but to me, like, I don't want realism. I just wanted to very, very loosely, in fact, barely resemble me and that will make me happy because I am here to escape. I just want fantasy characters. It's very interesting because I've never heard anyone that says, oh, I main Kokoro in DOA. Everyone's like, yeah, it's Kasumi or Ayane. But Kokoro is quite interesting that you mentioned that. I thought she was she's, really sweet. She, she's sweet. She's a sweetheart, but she's so incredibly slow at attacking. It's just so painful. I think she's fine. I mean, all the characters are fine to play with. I play as them all, really, but Kokoro is the one I typically pick. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, if people are wondering who's my main in DOA, it is Ayane. Just because I never really used to like DOA. That's fine. Um, but then Chin was like, hey, Bish, here's a code. And I was like, okay. Now he's paid to enjoy it. I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> It kind of became like a bonding thing for me and my sister because she got really into it. Like, if you ever play DOA with her, it's like she's on that pro level. I know she wouldn't like to admit it, but she's fucking crazy at that game. You know what? My sister also loves A Dead or Alive and we played it together. And I guess it's just the fact that it's one of those multiplayer games that you can still sit down on the couch and play together. And more and more nowadays, video games don't allow that couch co-op anymore. No, they don't. And I think it's just, it's what? It's only just some fighting games. And even then it's kind of shifting online. more to online. Yeah. Which is, it is quite interesting, but at the same time, it's like, even me and my sister, like, if we had an argument, we'd be like, you know what, we're settling it in DOA. <laughs> three, three rounds, whoever wins, that's the end of the situation. And she would always win, so that's, that's why we that's don't pay iconic. DOA anymore. 
You know what? This, I did an episode with Master, he's a DOA pro, and I told him a story that basically, I decided, my mom doesn't play video games, but I was like, you know what? I'm trying out DOA, I'm gonna get my mom to try it. She destroyed me. Iconic. See, DOA is for the ladies, clearly. See, people think, oh no, it's sexist or whatever. No, no, this game is for the ladies. <laughs> You heard it here first. There are some worrying things in DOA. Don't I mean, I can't. I, I, I have to admit, yeah, no, that's just a thing in games in general. But then also, and maybe this is an unpopular opinion. Please don't hate me, internet. I am very much kind of mentioned before for the escapism. So I don't want realistic characters because I don't like people like myself. <laughs> so I don't like myself. <laughs> Not to say, oh, I'm pitying, but I, I like to really, I want to go full fantasy. I want it to be unrealistic. I love the Bayonettas of the world where you've got guns on your shoes. Are and you excited hair. for Bayonetta 3? I haven't even played 2 yet. But you haven't I, played 2? I need to, I need to. But I love characters like Bayonetta. Bayonetta is such a queen. I'm not going to lie to you. Exactly. I was playing through Bayonetta 1. I was thinking, oh, everyone's hyping this game. Like, I don't like playing games that everyone's hyped up. But it's it's a great you game. You know who I think the biggest feminist icon is? Juliet Starling. Lollipop Chainsaw. She is a powerful woman. You know what? That game's coming back. Yeah. Which I didn't think would ever happen, especially in this sort of gaming climate now. Sony wants to do more censorship. It's kind of stopped certain games in its track, like Senran Kagura, stuff like that. But Lollipop Chainsaw returning. I don't know if it's going to be like a remake or like a remaster or if it's going to be a second game. I have no idea. But I'm, I'm all for it because I wanted to play it again. I don't have a copy anymore, but it's like, you search on eBay, people are selling it for like £100. I'm like, fuck that. I'm not going to pay that much to play well, a game. That's the thing. A lot of people look at the character design or the front cover and think, oh, that, that game's made for the boys, you know. But when you actually play it, like... She is. She's a feminist yeah. icon. She saves her boyfriend's life. I mean, yeah, he doesn't have a body. Spoiler alert. But she saves his life, and she's the one like kicking butt. She's the one fighting to save the world. And the references in that game, the MySpace references, the emo song lyric references. She is just so powerful and cool to me. And she's girly. And I think people see like these strong women icons have to be all like you know masculine or whatever they don't be girly be cute like it's okay to be cute and be powerful like it's a thing and i'm very much for the cute and strong stereotype another thing what i like is that she's just a well-written character so well written because there's a lot of like at least in the past there was a lot of games in which you know at least in the 90s and things like that female characters were just there for like fan service absolutely and it's changed a lot now and juliet is an early example of that change yeah. She has so much personality and, and and she's cute. And I think, like I mentioned, people have this feeling that you can't be cute and be strong, but you can. You can be anything as a woman and still be strong. It doesn't matter what you look like. And she's very much proof of that. You know what I'm actually sick of? You know when they try and create like a powerful woman and they just cut her hair short? And, and they, they think, yeah, you know what? Let's just make her look as much of a boy as possible. Some of them are cool, but it's like overdone, you know? Do you have any examples? Oh gosh, I can't think from the top of my head. Uh, 
It's a lot of Western games to do this. Um, oh my gosh, I don't know why I can't think. Why am I? I know it's a thing because yeah. I see it. No, it I, is a thing. I, I just can't I think. can't think about it either. So I was just wondering if you knew about it. But no, there's there's a lot of strong female characters in video games, and I mean it's kind of happening more in Western titles, but it is also happening a little bit more in Japanese games because uh, especially Japanese games they tend to be not necessarily the best when it comes to representing women properly in video games. And you're right in terms of like race and ethnicity, it's a bit you know they don't have a lot of dark toned characters no that's another thing uh, yeah but when it comes to like the sex appeal there's a little bit of equality you know there's this there's, there's the fan service of the men too i mean people do wonder okay if we go back to doa how many sexy guys there's not as many sexy guys in the game i just agree i like what, cute Ryu, boys uh, ryu haibusa he's not I think I think Doha characters are cute and I okay. like cute boys. I think a lot of men seem to think that women like the whole big masculine blah 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 blah. So for example, like I don't know, Solid Snake or whatever. But that's not for me. I like the cloud strikes of the world. Like I like the cute baby faces. You know, Prompto from Final Fantasy 15. Love of my life. I've never played Final Fantasy 15. Well, I have it installed, but I'm thinking Rhea gave us a code for. Final Fantasy VII Remake. So shout out to Rhea. Because she reached out and she was like, oh, do you need code for Integrate or whatever it is? The expansion. And I just, I plain up told her, like, look, I don't have Seven Remake. And then she just, here's a code. I was like, whoa. I didn't know what I was going to think about Seven Remake. Because I've never played Final Fantasy VII as a child. I didn't know what to think. My brother-in-law, shout out, Carl. We're going to be recording over the weekend about Seven Remake. And... He walked me through it and he was like, look, this is, you have to be careful about this and this and this. The game was very interesting, but, oh, but oh. I wasn't, I wasn't used to certain aspects. Okay. Like Tonbury, you know, that little green yeah, thing. I know what a Tonbury is. Why is he so annoying? That's the whole point of a Tonbury. Yeah, but it's fucking annoying. Like almost killed him. <laughs> and then uh, bam, stab. I was like, well, why? That's the whole point. It's annoying though. Yeah. But it, I hate it. You gotta, you gotta expect the Tonbury to do a little stabby web. Yeah, I didn't expect. No one told me about Tonbury, so uh, I was just like, what the rookie fuck? Rookie mistake. <laughs> I was like, oh, he looks so cute. He's just there with his little lantern and knife, and then bam, stab. Do you know about the cactuas no. and the thousand needles? No. When you get yet. to it, consider this your warning. I finished the game. Well, you will con you will come across Cactuous at some point if you continue playing Final Fantasy games. Just consider they have a lot of needles because it's based on a cactus, isn't it? Just consider that. That's, like, that's your future warning. Uh, that, thank you. I appreciate it. But the thing is, like for me, Final Fantasy, like, it makes me rage quit, but in a good way. Like I spent like a good five hours trying to figure out how to defeat Tombury. And then the moment I defeated Tombury, I just screamed. I was like, yes, I was just so happy. You know what's mad? You're saying you struggled with some of these Final Fantasy games. Now, I've always thought I was like this terrible gamer. I play a lot of games on easy mode. I'm a busy gal, you know, I have a lot of interest. I love gaming, but I also like to go outside, believe it or not. I go to the gym and I, you know, I, I travel, like, you know, not not bragging or anything, but I always thought I was a terrible gamer. Hearing you say this has made me feel great because I, I never struggled with Final Fantasy fa Final Fantasy games. Melissa, I invited you on this podcast to talk about you and to have no, a nice conversation. I feel, I feel good and about I feel, myself. I feel personally attacked. <laughs> no, but I feel good about myself. I mean, no, but let me tell you though, Kingdom Hearts is the game that's difficult. I've never understood Kingdom Hearts. You don't need to understand it. It's... It's like, how, why is Goofy there? Like, 
I never understood that. Have like, you ever tried playing it? Like I did. I got like the HD collection, and I'm like, I don't understand this. You know Why what? It's, it is very it? even as a big Kingdom Hearts fan, and Kingdom Hearts 2 is my favorite game of all time. It is a hard game to explain to those who have never played it before. What I tell people, so obviously I have to market Kingdom Hearts. I have to sell it. I tell people Kingdom Hearts is basically set in a universe based on light and darkness and they have to restore balance in the world. This is my short way of explaining it. And you know, Heartless are taking over the world. So it is Sora's job with his friends to close the keyholes and you know, restore balance and stop the Heartless from attacking everyone. So that's kind of like the ease and shorty word. Sorry, I don't know why I muddled my words. That's the easy and short way to explain the game. Obviously you can go into more details and how much darker it can get how much weirder it can get it's a very weird game but in a good way but it is a hard game to explain to those who you just need to play it yeah i mean i've never really got used to like i was playing it for a little bit and i was like i knew there was disney characters but i couldn't take the game seriously it's like why are they Final fancy characters and then you got goofy like i never understood it Course. Goofy's a legend. Goofy is a legend. Don't get me wrong. I love Goofy. I love Goofy, but the problem is, it's just I wasn't expecting it. And the funny thing is, it's on the cover art and it's there. Like, you go into it knowing you're going to see those Disney characters, but it's like seeing Cloud and like Sephiroth, and it's like, especially playing Seven Remake, which is a very serious game, and then going to Kingdom Hearts, it's like, oh. So what I, is this I, game? I think it's part of the beauty, to be honest. I think it's a beautiful, weird game, but in a good way. It's like, I, I don't know, like, it's just one of those games where I want everyone to give it a go because it is so fun and so amazing to me. But I know that not everyone's going to think that way, but I, I do I do think it's one of those games that's... I like weird. I like the weird things of the world. And to me, that is, yeah, top tier. Would you say Kingdom Hearts is one of your favorite games that you've worked on in terms of a marketing perspective? Um... That's a really good question. I'm gonna say yes and no. I'm not gonna go into too much detail because obviously I, I'm not here to talk about the ins and outs, but I love working on it because it's my favorite game and I'm very passionate about it and I want everyone to play it and to love it and you know, feel the way I feel towards it. But then the other half of me is it, it can be tricky working with certain stakeholders attached to the IP of Kingdom Hearts um, as expected with any kids franchise because it is a Disney product um, but that can be a little bit difficult it's a, just a, it's a harder game to work on but it's not I, I love working on it and I want to work on it so every time you know at work so we get allocated titles to lead I will always dibs Kingdom Hearts because I love the game so much but I'm aware that it's a challenge and I'm willing to walk in because a big part of the challenge just selling the game to people who don't understand it you know similar to what you're saying why would i want to play a game with final fantasy and disney why would i want to play an anime disney game but it's convincing people that this is a game they should be playing and they should be playing it because it's amazing and i'm willing to put that extra work in to get people playing it but it is a challenge what other games if you can say what other games have you worked on at your time in square oh so many i work on basically i work on every single game except the mobile games and final Final Fantasy 14, which is funny because I play a lot of Final Fantasy 14. That's another. I'm sorry. Look, I'm sorry, Square Enix, if you're listening. That's another game I can't understand. <gasps> It's just, why is it needed? It's needed because it's the best game. It's like an MMO, right? Yes, yes. And I see a lot of people on Twitter playing it. Frey, for example, he does a lot of tweets about the game. I never understood how that game works. Have you ever played World of Warcraft? No. 
Okay, that's probably why. So I was a World of Warcraft kid when I was younger. I we had a family laptop. Okay. Back in back in those yeah, days, we used to share days. a laptop in the living room, and you would take turns. I had a World of Warcraft account, and I would play World of Warcraft, and I loved it, and I was so addicted to it that I would stay up all night secretly, hoping that my mum wouldn't notice, and I'd play it all night till like 3 a.m. and I'd go to school so tired the next day. So this was when I was like, what year? Seven, year eight. I was a baby, and uh, I would go. Into, what time do I wake up to school? Like 7 a.m. So I would have like three hours sleep or whatever, and all because and I, all all day I would be thinking about World of Warcraft. I would be like, I can't wait to go home and play World of Warcraft, and I would jump back on and play World of Warcraft all night again and again, and it ruined me physically. I was just so ill. I wasn't sleeping well. I was very tired. I'd fall asleep in class. Um, for some reason, it didn't affect my grades though. <laughs> but it it yeah it just it messed me up and ever since then I swore to never play an MMORPG again until I got bullied into playing Final Fantasy 14 and then the same thing happened so it was actually a guy called Ian who used to work at Square Enix he's now at Capcom he knew that there was going to be a near raid before it was announced and he loves near automata and he was like saying to everyone everyone let's play Final Fantasy 14 so we can all play together and get to the near raid and we were like I think it was Bria who was like, yeah, okay, I'll play it with you. But she didn't want to play it with just her and him. So she was saying, please, Melissa, please play Final Fantasy XIV. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I have this bad experience with World of Warcraft. You know, I loved it so much that I became a bit too addicted. I don't want to be addicted again. And she was like, no, 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 please, please. So I was like, okay, you know what? Fine, I'll play it. But it was easy to convince me because I love Final Fantasy and it was one of the only Final Fantasy games I'd never played. I've never played Eleven either which was another MMORPG. Same thing happened. Me and Rhea would stay up until 4am every night during work days and would go into the office. So back in the day, before COVID, you had to go in Mondays to Fridays in the office. So we would go into the office and we would be tired. We would be falling asleep on our desks. And because of Final Fantasy XIV. Yeah, and we would go home and then play it again. And we would not sleep. <laughs> if you enjoy it, then I'm not the type of person that will just talk you out of it. I mean, personally, it's not for me just because, I don't know, it just feels... The, the structure of the game seems very odd to me. I've never liked the idea of games as, as a service, like paying monthly to play a game. It just seems a bit odd to me in that sense. Although, ironically, now I'm paying monthly to for Game Pass, so kind of the same sort of stuff. I mean, the thing about 14 is that it is the ultimate escapism. You create your character to look like how you want to look like. So you can be whatever you want. I am the cutest cat girl that looks just like me, but if she had blue eyes. <laughs> uh, but and, and cat ears. And cat ears, exactly. Why would you not want cat ears in yeah. real life? So you can also, as well as playing through the story and picking the class you want, um, you can buy your own house. You oh, okay. can do loads of fashion yeah. things in the game. So you can dress up however you want, pretty much. And there's so many dyes. You could be a man walking around in high heels and fishnet tights if you wanted to. Okay. So That's their good. immersion and the detail in this game is ridiculous in a good way so that's where the, for me the appeal comes from like for example sometimes I'll be going to a dungeon with my friends and my boyfriend who I'm married to in the game we got married virtually we're not real life married um, again we had so many of our in real life games attend this fake wedding yeah um, how was the wedding was it good the wedding was so cute yeah. like it's just really it makes me wish that in the future if I were to get married I wanted to look like that it is so beautiful but you're setting a very high bar at that point Apparently 
Apparently in Japan they do that though. Really? They have the real life like uh, ceremonial hall they have yeah. in the game in real life, and they can do real life Final Fantasy XIV themed weddings in the same way it is in the game. So then you gotta get so, get saving up to go I've, to Japan. I've got to get Japan to come here because I'm not getting married in Japan. All my friends are here. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. But I, I, it's it is beautiful and it's just so stupid and immersive and like I said, like for example, when we're in a dungeon, my boyfriend will just again put on like some booty shorts or something as a joke and just do the dungeon in the, those booty shorts. Okay. All right. I get it. That it seems fun, but to be to be honest with you, I mean, I. I'd rather stay away from those games. You know what? Me. If you want to save your addiction, you know. Yeah, no, <laughs> maybe I, I didn't don't. But get it, is, it is very good, very immersive. I mean, I don't necessarily have time to play the games I want anymore. Yeah, I get that. Uh, especially when you're getting to review, get like, oh, people are going to think I'm a douchebag. But when you get games to review, especially when you have, because COVID, we were like running on like a um, skeleton crew. Yeah. And everyone went back home to their home countries. Yeah. She was like, oh, shit, man. Like, it's just me. I have to review all. And there was a lot of games that were releasing during COVID. Like, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I was like, oh, shit, I've got to review this and review that. It was just difficult. And it's it's still kind of like that now. So it's like sometimes you'll get a game that you don't want to play, but you kind of have to review it because you want to have a good relationship with that publisher. Yeah, that's that's a part of the relationship building, I guess. It is. But, you know, sometimes you'll get some, forgive me for saying this, some dog shit tier titles. Ah, yeah. I don't want to say the name. I might mute my mic when I say it, but yeah, I muted that so you guys don't actually get to hear what I'm saying. It's so. funny because I actually like the game that oh, you, you mentioned. Do? I do, yeah. It's a shit game. I was also given a code, but more from a friendly perspective. Okay, I just it? asked for one. You asked for one. You yeah, got... I never understood it though because it was just like season passes and it was, just... yeah, it was a bit odd. I get I get why it's unappealing. Um, it's a cute game, don't yeah. get me wrong, but there were certain things like why do I have to grind to get this character? And it's like, oh, but you can buy him. Yeah. It's it's like one of the reasons why I don't like games like Fortnite as well. Like too many collabs and too many crossovers can just get messy. You know what's wild? So I've never played Fortnite, but it is wild how big it is. And oh, it's huge. It's it's mad because as someone who works in marketing, my eyes are now constantly, you know, I'm always looking at everything, looking at the marketing, even if it's not video games. And the thing that was the most wild to me is that in 2018, was it 18 or 19? I don't remember. I was at the Fallout Boy show at the O2 Arena and during um, Where Is Your Boy or you know Where Is Your Boy they had Fortnite in the background oh is it and that was like sponsored content and and then also I saw some stories of Pete Wentz on Instagram of where he was at the Fortnite event with uh, Ninja and a couple of other like I think it's Ali A and a couple of other big big YouTubers and I was just thinking wow they're just getting fallout boy into this this is so random you know what they do a lot of crazy collabs in fortnite like apparently bts i got a press release for this for some odd reason bts did a live concert in Fortnite. Yeah, Ariana Grande did the same Re- thing. Well, I yeah. mean, you can play as Ariana as well. Yeah. That, that was a you bit can wild. play as Ariana Grande whilst watching the concert as the, the bigger Ariana Grande. I saw some clips of it online. It looks hilarious. But that being said, we're going to go on another ad break. Obviously, it's not a break for us. And then we'll go in our final segment, the best segment of the podcast. Um, but yeah, we'll see you guys in a moment. Now it's a better time than ever to be an anime fan with Crunchyroll that has the world's largest anime collection. You can watch new episodes one hour after they air in Japan, enjoy access to unlimited ad-free anime, read hundreds of chapters across 
dozens of manga titles and save with exclusive Crunchyroll store discounts. So if you guys go to crunchyroll.com forward slash kunai, that's crunchyroll.com forward slash kunai for your 14 day free trial of Crunchyroll premium service. Remember you guys, we love Crunchyroll. We use them on Kunai. I personally love them. I personally use them all the time. We've been going to Crunchyroll events for a long time, long time sponsor of the podcast. And you know what? They are the best place to watch anime legally online with over 30,000 episodes. And at the moment, if you're listening to this, they've got the largest fall lineup in history for fall 2022 with over 40 simulcasting titles that is insane so join crunchyroll with our link crunchyroll.com forward slash kunai for 14 day free trial in addition to that you've got different perks with your premium service you can either go with your mega fan you can go with fan service or your mega fan for 12 months personally the biggest savings that you're going to make is if you do your mega fan option if you live in the uk that's only 60 pounds a year that's vat inclusive that's cheaper than any streaming service at the moment especially if you're into anime you got all your anime pretty much in one place that's no ads unlimited access to the Crunchyroll library new episodes one hour after they air in japan for your simulcasts access to your digital manga streaming on four devices at the same time as well as offline viewing you would not believe how many times offline viewing has saved me beyond the tube there's no wi-fi there's no 5g i'm like ah, i want to watch anime boom i'm watching overlord i'm watching dr stone i'm watching naruto watching dbz you've got it all on crunchyroll so that's crunchyroll.com forward slash kunai that's crunchyroll.com forward slash k-u-n-a-i Back onto the episode. Are you a fan of anime and Japanese pop culture? I know I am. So why don't you get your asses down to Sugoi Mart? All right, that's sugoimart.com. Alternatively, you can use our link, getlifepodcast.com forward slash sugoi. That'll take you to our special link on Sugoi Mart. That is getlifepodcast.com forward slash S-U-G-O-I. And use our code G-A-L-P, that is G-A-L-P, for 15% off on everything on Sugoima and you can use a code multiple times if you really love Sugoima and you're like hell yeah I'm gonna go and purchase the best things that Japan has to offer food and drink beauty items collectibles toys and games you can actually buy gunpla from Sugoima as well as a lot of things for your home kitchen appliances bathroom bedroom stuff they've got these really lovely spy family campus notebooks i'm a big fan of stationery as you guys know and they've got that there as well there's some really cool stuff on here you can also purchase experience sets which is basically like kits to make matcha to make onigiri and they'll provide everything basically Whatever you want, Sugoi Mart has got it. They've got a lot of really cool stuff from Japan. And as you guys know, every sort of month or so, they give us care package that we show off to you guys, which I think is pretty cool. So they've got really nice stuff included. They also sell Pokemon cards and a lot of genuinely hyped stuff. What we want to do is that we want to find out the weirdest things on the Sugoi Mart website and get Sugoi Mart to send them to us. So Sugoi Mart, if you're listening, let's prepare that. Let's just get the weirdest stuff and send it my way. And we'll we'll talk about it on a episode of Umai. They've got some really, really nice stuff. If you want to get items from Japan quite easily, some really nice quirky items, then you can go to SugoiMart.com, use the code GALP for 15% off on your purchase they've got some really nice stuff whether you're an anime fan whether you're a fan of japanese culture or even if you're a fan of disney 
They've got a lot of Disney items on there. So experience Japan from the comfort of your own home with Sugoi Mart. Use the code GALP for 15% off. Thank you, Sugoi Mart, for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. And back on to the episode. Okay, Melissa, we are back. It was literally just a couple of seconds. So, how are you finding it so far? Finding what so far? The podcast. Oh, I was going to say, what how was you the topic? It so far? <laughs> it's really fun. It's really fun talking about, I think it's because I do love my job and I love video games. So, it's a very naturally easy thing to talk about. So, it doesn't, it, it's, it, there's no struggle. I could talk about anything in games. That's the thing. And I could go on and on about it. So, so we're not going to talk about games. Oh. We're not going to talk. Well, it's kind of somewhat gaming related. I don't know. I, I wanted to ask you about your tweets. Oh, no. What is this 11-11 thing about? Okay, so in numerology, 11-11, when you see the, the time is 11-11, or if you see the number 11-11 anywhere, um, you're supposed to make a wish. Oh, okay. So the reason I tweeted when it's 11-11 is so if by chance people also see 11-11, my tweet, whilst it's 11-11, they can also make a wish because I don't want to keep it to myself. So it's a really like, I hope you all make wishes when you see it. Okay. I see, I was confused because I didn't get that. It's like seeing a shooting star, but it's more common. It is a real numerology thing and it's constantly referenced in pop culture and media. So there's a water park song. Water park's on one of my favorite bands called 11-11. So in the lyrics, it goes, I must have caught you from 11-11, my lucky number seven. So catching someone from 11-11, you know, it's wishing, oh, I really wish my crush would notice me or whatever. And he, it's the song is a very cute, romantic song about, you know, the song is called 11-11 and he, he wished for the girl to love him back so when have you started doing that because i i've noticed this for like how many years like since i followed you and i was like i never understood this i mean now that you're explaining it now it makes a lot of sense and i'm imagining that a lot of people that are going to be following you after this you've got it tattooed that's yeah, amazing yeah i've got 11 11 tattooed on me that's great um, but specifically um i had austin knight from water parks write down 11 11 with a heart and i got that handwriting tattooed on me so it's not just a random font or yeah, anything, yeah, yeah. it's specifically it's his, his handwriting. handwriting, yeah. That's amazing. Um, but the song is just very cute and where I constantly make that 11-11 wish. And I do believe to some degree, I don't know if this is, I'm a little bit spiritual, but I do believe in manifestations and, you know, well, for example, even working at Square Enix, it, it's, it's a dream job for me. I, Square Enix games are my favorite. So one year before I worked at Square Enix, I was in their offices attending a fan. It was an I Am Satsuna event. And I remember looking at the offices and thinking, these are some of the most beautiful offices I've ever seen. Uh, one day I'm gonna work here. I just didn't realize that that one day would be less than a year later. <laughs> Cause I applied for a job six months later, then got accepted for the interviews. Um, but it's that manifestation and that intention. Like I want this thing to happen to me. So I'm gonna believe it will. And sometimes it does, sometimes it takes long, sometimes it's shorter, but I think cause you, you, you meet people sometimes and are like, oh, I've got terrible luck. And it's like, well, you, you say that and you're kind of putting that thought into your head. So with 11.11, I'm just kind of encouraging people to make those wishes and to remind themselves to, even if it's not real, it's just a good reminder to set that goal in your head you know of what, what I it, want. I wouldn't put it down as not being real or anything like that. I completely agree with you in terms of the whole manifestation thing because mm. when you put those positive vibes and the positive energy in your head, yeah. you're setting yourself up for success. Yeah. 
Because I remember, like, when I first started this podcast, there was a point in time where I was like, you know what? This isn't going anywhere for me. I'm yeah. just going to stop it. If I did that, I wouldn't have this conversation today. Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't get the opportunities that I had. Yeah. So it's about thinking positive And it is, yeah, it's about setting yourself up. This is just also as a disclaimer. I'm not, like, a toxic positive person. Okay. Because that's more when, like, you're allowed to feel sad. You're allowed to have insecurities. I'm the furthest from having much self-esteem myself. But... I, it's something I try and practice with myself because we should be trying to say and do positive things for ourselves, even if we don't really like ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I, if, if, if I don't like myself, I at least want all my friends to like themselves. Um, I am working on it, though. I am like I am very proud of things like my career, and I've got incredible friends. It's mad because back in school, I didn't really have many friends. I was heavily bullied, uh, which is, again, why video games were so helpful to me. Um, but nowadays, I've got arguably too many friends because <laughs> now I've got to try and figure out how to fit them all in into my schedule of hanging out with them all because I love them all so much. But it's it's putting that... I'm trying to appreciate more, and I want everyone else to also appreciate more but I'm not saying that as a way of you're allowed to be sad you're allowed to be insecure you're allowed to have depression and anxiety yeah true and I think at the same time it's like also thinking about using those emotions even if they are the negative emotions to get you to push forward because it's interesting that you mentioned bullying because believe it or not similar thing happened to me that's the nerd culture (laughs) It's, it's true I mean even the reason why the podcast is called Get A Life Podcast, right? I went to a Catholic school. Oh, yeah. So it was very rigid. It, you had these sort of planners where you had to write down your homework. Yeah. And, you know, I was quite nerdy. In, in, yeah. You know, I didn't go outside during recess. I'd just stay in the teacher's classroom and I'd finish all my homework because... Yeah. That means I get more time at home to play I video games, did right? exactly the same thing. But I was a businesswoman from day one. Okay. In year seven and eight... I used to charge people 50p if I gave them the answers to the maths homework. Because where I was just, again, like I was the nerd that also knew, well, that, that also did well in school. So I did similar. I just finished the homework there and then because that means I could go home and play video games and not worry about my homework. But I would also make money. See, that's smart. I didn't think about doing that. I was just too upset. So for me, what it was, was that people, at least in the school that I went to, it wasn't very diverse. Right? Oh, and, yeah. and the kind of games that people were playing were like, yeah, let's play FIFA, let's play yeah. Call of Duty. And I was like, uh, you know what? I'm okay playing these Japanese and JRPGs yeah. and things like that. So I, someone kind of found out that I had like a blog at the time and I was talking about games. Yeah. And someone like stole my uh my bag and inside like my journal that i'd write all my homeworks and stuff they wrote get a life they're like get a life due monday and i was the kind of kid that if anything was written under like the homework section i want to make sure that i do it as quickly as possible so for me i was like okay my goal is to get a life right so then i was like okay i'm gonna start this podcast and that's what the podcast is named after that's that's really iconic i enjoyed that i mean not many people know you're actually the first person to know that oh that's no i'm honored like not even nathan knows that which is kind of crazy yeah exactly yeah nathan i asked nathan to come on and he was like no bish i can't come to london blah 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 fuck nate hashtag fuck nathan man. This- yeah that's a that's a hashtag i can get behind i'm joking i'm joking <laughs> no we love nathan we stand nathan you know what for me there's certain people in the gaming industry that have just made such an impact and you don't necessarily notice it at the time and they might be from smaller studios they might be from like you know literally their, their team is like four people or whatever but like i said even with you like you made such a huge impact because of that handwriting note, right? So there's just people in the industry that you just love, not just because of their worth ethic, but just because they're 
genuinely good people and not dickheads. You know what's funny? It's funny to me because I don't even think that it could have an impact half the time. Like, yeah, I mentioned it's nice to be nice, but I, you, you never really realize how much your words sometimes has in someone. It's not that I'm a nasty person or anything, but even just being nice, it's something that I expect everyone to be. Everyone should be nice to each but other. But not everyone's like that. No, it's true. There are definitely some people I've come across who aren't the nicest. Uh, but as expected, humans are humans. There's always going to be good and bad. Speaking of uh, good and bad and nice people, I noticed that you are a fan of Felix. I don't know if you Huge still are. Fan. Oh, you still are? A huge okay, fan of cool. PewDiePie. Thank you. Have you met Felix before? Yes, I have. Okay. Not through work, though. Okay, which is a shame. I mean, he's a big fan of Square Enix. Yeah, right? so I uh, queued up four hours at his book signing. So you have a copy of this book, yeah. Loves You, right? Yeah, okay. and it's signed. And it's and, signed by Felix. And uh, when I met him, I panicked. So I told him I was Swedish. And he asked me whereabouts in Sweden I was from. And I told him, which is Helmstad, if you're listening and curious. Yeah, that was pretty much the interaction. I, I just, I was so starstruck when I met him. But yeah. No, I still I still watch his videos. I love his Japan content at the moment. It's so good. Um, I'm in love with his wife, Marcia. Their wedding was amazing as well. Gorgeous. It was so beautiful. They rented out like cute gardens and mm. stuff. It was fucking crazy. I've met Felix once. It was oh. also at the book signing. But I could have met him earlier because this was around the time when I was studying architecture. My friend was like, oh, you know what? Let's let's not go to this lecture i want to go home and i was just like this nerd i was like no i have to stay for this lecture the lecture was like 8 p.m and it was in greenwich and i live in north london so it was just it was such a fucking pain in the ass to go to that lecture yeah. by the way i went to university of greenwich on his way home he met felix on oh the my train gosh. and he was basically this is when he was like moving to the uk he goes up to he didn't really watch felix's content he just goes up to him and he's like hey are you pewdiepie Oh my god! And then they spoke for like a good two hours. Oh my god! On the train, just him and, and Felix Martia was there as well, but she was quite shy. She didn't yeah. want to get into the conversation, and it was just very interesting because it was just like he actually had a human conversation. Obviously, at that time, he was like what the biggest YouTuber. Yeah, and he still is. He's still number one most subscribed. Oh, uh, T series. Like even oh, they don't count. T series. Listen, counts. the big the big corporations, right? Coco Melon, T series, yeah. all these. They don't count to me because they're not real people. So the, the people who to me matter are people like, you know, like Smosh, for example. They were also my favorite YouTubers back in the day. I now watch a lot of Anthony Padilla. Yes, oh my big God. Big fan I of Anthony Padilla. I love him. I He's love him. my other big favorite YouTuber. So cool. But I watch a lot of those videos and to me, they're like the real YouTubers, you know, they're not corporations. The OGs. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're not real corporations. They're, they're people who decided to put themselves on a camera and make fun content. So to me, it's a whole different thing from like a T-series and a Cocomelon. It's very interesting that you mentioned that because Felix at one point was like signed on with Disney. Yeah, that was so, a weird time. Yeah, it was, but it, the content was still good. So yeah. I'm, I'm not going to complain. Um, but I, like, I like that his content's also grown with time because I yes. feel like if he was still making videos he did in 2012 now, it wouldn't be sustainable. I wouldn't like it anymore because mm -hmm. it's, it's boring now. And I think it's, even the way he kind of treats it with with the audience and things like that you know it started like what, what uh, the bros and then that became 
Mm. Uh, what the nine-year-olds? Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I don't know what it's at now, but the audience has grown with him as well. Yeah, and I think the reason, because I, I know, I know that some people are gonna listen to this and think, "Oh my God, you listen to PewDiePie? He's super insert discriminatory word here." And I get that he's done and said bad things, but one thing that I'm a strong believer of is people apologizing and taking accountability. And you know, yeah, he's repeated some things, but they're not the same things. And certain things I feel like are very human things he came from a time that's very different from a lot of the people who complain and I'm a millennial uh, so I grew up in a time where we were watching Little Britain and South Park yeah and I feel like I used to make a lot of horrible jokes uh, and saying words I should have definitely not been saying especially as a child uh, not I'm not proud of that at all but I think with someone like Hughes he's made a lot of effort to like you know he donates a lot of money to charity he uh, gives opportunities to uh, you know people of color believe it or not like uh, his main editor is a guy called Sive shout out to Sive love Sive he's a black man like and people don't know him or don't know like because they don't they just look at reasons to complain at PewDiePie and don't get me wrong certain things do need to be called out I call my friends out they're still my friends but he's not somebody like you need to compare it to people like Pierce Morgan for example he's never gonna apologize he's oh, never yeah, gonna course. change yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's so you've got to look at somebody who's actually you know steps back and goes oh was that bad I'm, I'm sorry about this it's, it's interesting that you mentioned that he's very human because at the end of the day that's what it's about being a human being it's it's such a weird journey and you learn every day yeah. And that's what I like about Felix as well. Like, I don't watch his content as much now because I kind of dropped off during COVID. Yeah, yeah. But I'm trying to get back into it, especially, you know, especially his Japan vlogs. The Japan vlogs are so They're good. They're great. And I'm, it, it's nice to see him in this new phase of life, yeah. right? Because growing up and you see this guy in his room in Sweden mm. and then going to Italy and then going to the UK. And yeah. You're learning more about him. You're learning more about I don't know about everything. It's just yeah, it's just genuinely just a nice experience. He's no, not absolutely. He's not a dickhead. You know, I, I don't yeah. want to be rude, but it's just like there's a lot of YouTubers out there that are like someone that I don't like. For example, Mr. Beast. I fucking hate him. Oh, fair. I don't mind. He him. seems so fake. But I get what you mean. It's very much like hi, I'm blah, 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 and it's a bit like oh, this is a bit too much. Yeah, it's it's kind of like if Felix was still doing that. How's it going? But it's like yeah, it's, if he was still doing it, it seems so cringe. Yeah, it's, you know what I mean. Um, even Jacksepticeye doesn't really do the top of the morning. Too. No, he doesn't do it anymore. I mean, if you asked him to, he'd probably do it. Yeah. Like one of the other reasons why I like Felix is because we're relatively small in comparison to Felix. Yeah, yeah. Right, hundred million subs Absolutely, or whatever, yeah. but. I reached out to Felix right before COVID. Fun fact. I don't know if I'm allowed to mention this, but we were actually going to have him on. Oh, wow. He answered me. I was like, what? So I, I spoke to his uh, management company. They're based in Canada. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they were like, yeah, we'll pass it on to Felix and we'll see if he's available. And he said yes. Oh, wow. So it was quite odd that he said yes. Well, obviously, COVID happened. And then mm. it was like, oh, shit, we can't do this shit anymore. But it was it's just amazing that you get a response because sometimes... You don't. I think during that time, Felix used to still say a lot of, you know, shout outs because he's very, he's a strong believer in pushing people up. And, you know, that's how Jacksepticeye became big. It was from a shout out. Yeah, same with Cinnamon Toast Can. Yeah, exactly. So when that happened around that time, it kind of fits into the whole timeline of when he accidentally shouted out someone who had, I don't remember what content it was, but it wasn't appropriate. And he didn't realize that they had that on their channel because most of the videos weren't like that. So he now, I think he now gets worried 
stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of vetting process that yeah. occurs now. And bear in mind, he's such a big YouTuber. People are going to pick anything that he says and yeah. be like, this is problematic. He's huge on yeah. YouTube. It's like if he was smaller, I don't think people would care. Yeah, no, they really wouldn't. And there's also like a lot of double standards. People are more willing to forgive absolutely anyone else. And I think I think just in general, when it comes to cancel culture, I think it shouldn't matter so much if people apologize and take accountability. I mean, he's always been someone to say. Some people say, oh, control your fans or whatever. And his thing is, he does say in his videos, like, I don't want people going to attack this person. I don't want people doing this. I don't want people doing that. But there's only so much he can say and do. He can't control who watches his videos. That's true. He can't control. And, you know, there was some horrible things that happened. Of course, the incident that happened in New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. As you mentioned, you can't control yeah. what your audience does. Also, right? when that subscribe to PewDiePie thing happened, because I used to say it all the time because I wanted, you know, T-Series to win. Um, the moment that happened, he made a video which has like millions and millions of views. Please do not say subscribe to PewDiePie anymore because it it's a really traumatic thing to happen and he just didn't want people to contribute to that anymore and most people stopped and, and that's that's the funny thing because you compare him i don't know if you know about keemstar everyone knows about yeah him. yeah you compare him to someone like keemstar where his audience are out for blood yeah absolutely, right yeah. and there have been people that have committed suicide yeah and have mentioned keemstar specifically yeah and he doesn't get any shit no. Do you see what I'm saying? So there's this sort of I mean, double edge. people do dislike him stuff. Yeah, they he... do. But he equally doesn't get any sort of... He's still on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't get any sort of negative thing. Because at the end of the day, for him, all of the hate feels him. Yeah. Right? And there's two ways of thinking about it. It's like, some people say, well, you know, all press, even bad press is, yeah, is yeah. good press. Which I don't believe. Even in the games industry. Like, yeah. That's, it's not a good thing. But all of that aside, I want to get into more because we've, we've only got five minutes left. So we're going to go on a bonus bonus round oh, thing. Oh, okay. So Final Fantasy. Yes. Seven. Yes. Remake. Yes. Who did you give the flower to? Tifa. Melissa, you disappoint me. Tifa. Why do you like Tifa? Tifa's shit. No, so I, unlike you, I played the original Final Fantasy Seven, And to me, Tifa was just always this really cool badass again dark haired character she was somebody i looked at and thought that's me <laughs> even though i was it's funny even with the powerpuff girls i looked at buttercup and went yeah i want that to be me but i grew up to be bubbles i'm a bit of a crybaby but tifa she was just a really cool badass woman who could fight like yeah Aerith can fight too but she's a healer you know whilst tifa she could fight you know and i just feel like her and cloud make sense and yeah, okay. I know some people think it's Aerith and Cloud. But no, play, it should be Aerith and no, Cloud. No, because if you play Crisis Core, you know Zack and Aerith well, are meant I'm, to be. Well, I'm not going to know about Crisis Core until it comes out well, in December. Well, in that's, that's a remaster. More than a remaster. December. Uh, is it December? Well, yeah, winter. 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 Okay, yeah. we'll say winter. So it's not going to come out until winter time. So I'm, I'm not going to know about it because that was a PSP game. Yeah. I'm not going to boot up my PSP and be like, I'm going to play Crisis Core. Well, yeah, you know, definitely get the full. Or maybe, maybe Rhea can hook Rhea, you up. No, Rhea should hook me up. <laughs> no, it's Ips Rhea. now. Ips is uh, leading Ips. the title. Okay. Do you know Ips? I do. He used to work at Sega. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. he's wonderful. So it's Ips and Rhea, the dream team. The uh, dream team, definitely. Incredible human beings. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, like I said, we all get allocated individual titles. So Ips oh, okay. is uh, Crisis Core. So he's for the... Yeah. Okay, Ips, if you're listening, hook us up, please. I beg you. I need, <laughs> I need to do the content. Because oddly enough, our Final Fantasy 
content is just smashing it because we normally cover like a lot of people know us for like koei and stuff but yeah. we're getting a lot of especially during covid we're getting a shit ton of listeners because of final fantasy and this whole tifa versus Aerith thing it is a bit divisive we, we, can, we can add jesse into the mix now as well that is a good point yeah, i was told that jesse was originally like a like an npc yeah like, she really didn't like have, she really was a side character she was barely in the original like very very not a main character so she has so much involvement in can we talk about spoilers do you think spoilers of remake yeah i don't see why not okay cool because everyone knows that we talk about spoilers i just maybe thought i forgot his name but one of the one of the main guys the big lad what is his name barrett not barrett no uh i forgot his name he's he's one of like the party well, he's not a party member but he died like you think he dies and shit wait with what you think he dies i forgot his name oh biggs it's the guy with the bandana on his head oh um and he has a cat like there's a cat that's always like following him what is his name wait yeah, it's Biggs. Is it Biggs? Yeah, it's Biggs. This guy. Let me Google it. No, it's not Biggs. Oh, okay. It's the other guy. You said bandana, that's why. He's got bandana. Oh, pretty- wait, I know who you're talking about. Oh my gosh. Um, Wedge. Wedge, yes. My man Wedge. I don't know why I was said Biggs so confidently. Well, I because get- I said someone that died. I get Biggs and Wedge confused so all the time. The names just go hand in hand, so I get the two confused. I felt so bad, like when I... When, like seeing your friends die and shit, I was like, "Oh, I cried so much during remake." I cried as well. Like I don't have any connection to these characters, but it it just goes to show how well written the game is. Yeah, you know, it was just, it was just amazing. But going back onto the point, why don't you like Eric? I do. Why like do you Aerith. hate Eric? I d- listen. I never said that. Listen, you did. This, this is the media said. twisting my words. <laughs> no, no. I I I love every. I love every. Uh, pretty much every woman that I can think of. In fancy Arif is adorable she is very cute but i just liked tifa more um me and uh bria at work actually we have a joke that i am tifa and she's Arif. and i remember even at one point we had matching uh screensavers where i had cloud receiving the flower and she was Arif giving the flower and i remember we showed like a co-worker and he just went oh that's really lame and we were like oh okay <laughs> but we thought we were really cute that sounds kind of cool though it's it's, it's nice but we're very much like we're like like tifa and Arif are a cute combo and they they had an even better relationship in remake than the original i feel so i I quite enjoyed that. I don't know. I don't know why. I just I just find her fucking annoying, Tifa. I'm sorry. Wrong. You're probably never going to come on this podcast again, but it, there's something about her that I've I just never quite liked. Do you know what I mean? Like I felt that there was something missing and I, it might be the case that because I haven't played the original 7 maybe I haven't had a connection to her and then Aerith in Remake just there from the very beginning you know what so I do think it is something to do with people who haven't played the original because my boyfriend Dave he has never played the original Final Fantasy 7 either but he played Remake and he did not favour Tifa either he liked Jesse. okay so yeah. and I get it because Jesse, yeah. they made us so like bubbly and fun and and badass. her storyline as well yeah. with her dad i was like they added so much to jesse so i think if i had never played the original i probably would be a jesse girl and that was never a thing before it was all about tifa Arif, and yuffie yeah yeah and yuffie's obviously not in it until integrate so i didn't care about yuffie see this man has some dodgy opinions
opinion. It's not dodgy. It's just, I just, I don't know. It's like, Eris is just there and she's just, she cares about you. I'm not saying Tifa doesn't care, but it's just, I don't know. I find like a sense of peace. With, she's just so peaceful. You know what I mean? Like Tifa's very, can be very aggressive, can no, be like I, I ready that. to fight and things like that. I, I agree. I feel like I enjoy the aggression, but like Aerith does have like very angelic energy. Yeah, she she's does. She's very motherly. She's very cute. You know, I kind of felt like this sort of goddess energy. Yeah. You know, like someone that is like a saint almost. Do you know what I mean? She's not human, is she? Spoilers. No, it's not really a spoiler. We, we know that she's. Uh, spoilers. She's a. Uh, what, what are they called again? I don't even know. Like, you work for Square Enix. Um, okay, you not- okay, let me just put a disclaimer here. Me and terminologies and names, worst thing ever. I do not remember the names of anything. If someone introduces me and says, hi, my name is John or whatever, I'm not going to remember that name in five minutes. You have to repeat that name to me five million times and even then I will probably forget it. Even your name walking in here, I just went blank for a second. Yeah, no, my name is a bit confusing to be fair, so that's fine, don't worry about it. But, moving away from Final Fantasy for a moment. Yeah. You mentioned before we recorded, because literally we've got, actually, we've gone three minutes over time. Oh, no. We might get kicked out any moment. Hopefully they don't. But you mentioned you watch anime. Yes, I love anime. So what are you watching at the moment? Right now, I'm actually not watching anything, but I just finished uh, Kakaguguri Twin. Okay. Is that you've how seen, you pronounce it's, it? It's pronounced Kakiguri. It's the, the gambling anime yes, on Netflix. Yes, yes, yes. Such a good show as well. So good. I liked it. I haven't seen Twin yet. Twin is it's good. It's and I haven't good. seen the second season. Oh, you need to get on it. No. It's so good. Because the funny thing is, we that was someone that suggested... Joe, I think it was Joe. They suggested it on the podcast, for, on our anime podcast. Yeah. And we had to watch it. So a lot of the times when we get fan suggestions or if we get suggestions from the crew, we kind of watch it and things like yeah. that. I quite enjoyed it. I mean, it reminded me a lot of uh, Kaiji Ultimate Survivor. Have you ever seen that? I haven't, no. It's fucking intense. I'll, I'll give it a go. It's... it's Okay, maybe the art style might be a bit jarring because they have very sharp, pointy chins. I don't mind. Okay, if you don't mind, you really like it because it's like this guy that has gotten into debt with the Yakuza and he's getting sent to like this sort of slavery thing. So he's like doing manual labor all day, every day. And his only way out is to pay his debt. That sounds amazing. And the way he can do that is through the manual labor for a number of years or he can bet certain things to get money. And it's pretty intense. Like he... I don't want to spoil it for you, but it's high risk. If you thought Kakegurui was high risk, you're messing with people's lives in this sort of story. I prefer that more though. I, my favorite genre of any media is horror. Yeah. I'm a horror girl at heart. So I definitely thought my favorites are like horrors and psychological stuff. So obviously I love shows like Death Note, which okay. is more the psychological stuff, you sure. know, and, and crime. And then obviously I like Psychopath, a bit more crime and psychological. But then I also love stuff like, oh gosh, uh, what's the name? Death Parade? Uh, Erased was one of my favorite. Erased, Erased fucked me up. It, but that's why that's one of the best animes of all yeah. time because I love how horrible it was. And then, although within, a, I don't want to spoil the race for people, but what did you think about the ending of the race? Because I wasn't too happy with it. It was a choice. <laughs> was it a choice you agree with? Could have been better. Okay, good. I, I, we're on the same page there. If you've seen a race, you'd know what I'm talking about. But a race was. It was good show, but yeah. ending fucking pissed. But it's 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 like yeah, no that that vibe though. Like yeah. I like I like a very dark vibe. Oh, Mirai Nikki as well. Mm. Psychological, bloody, violent murders. Have you seen another? Yes, I love another. That was another one that we we covered on the podcast. I'm not really too into like.
Yes, they're playing Jolene. They're playing Jolene. I love Dolly Parton. Yeah, I was listening to that song on my way here, so I, I was thinking maybe I'm having like a brain aneurysm or something. And I was like, why is this right here on this podcast? Oh, right we here are on the podcast. Having a mental breakdown. Yeah, I might have to like edit it out because of copyrighted music. No, no, keep it in. <laughs> keep <laughs> it entertained them. Keep it in and get sued. Yeah, that's what it's about. That's uh, what yeah, it's get about. Get some publicity with it. Let's 100%. hope it hits the news. Uh, hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, Dolly I don't. Dolly Parton, Seuss, get a life. Yeah, I don't want that. <laughs> Although, you know what? Dolly Parton's such a sweetheart. She, she, she pay, would never. She paid for the COVID vaccine. Like, if it, yeah. we wouldn't have a vaccine if it wasn't for Dolly Parton. That's exactly so true. We stand Dolly Parton. Such a queen. I forgot what I was going to say now. What were we talking about? We were oh, talking about another. another. Yeah, another. Oh my God. I'm not really into horror anime. And when uh, our co-host Kevin suggested it, I was just going to like tell him, oh, fuck off. I'm not going to watch this because <laughs> we have to watch what's been suggested. Right, yeah. So he's... There's one thing that I... It, it fucked me up. It's like one of the characters slips and falls yeah i know with the, the umbrella scene. scene yeah the umbrella scene and yeah. i can't I, ha- I have umbrellas now but they're like the small the small ones oh, but that's, i can't they're use easier the to ones. carry anyway they are but i used to like those big umbrellas because you know what you know what that is that's a final destination moment i hate that shit i love it i am a big final destination so you know i am all about the gruesome I, I'm a horrible person. I'm no, sorry. No, it doesn't make you horrible. <laughs> I mean, there's certain things like if you enjoy it, fair to you. Like I enjoyed another and I enjoyed a lot of the psychological thrillers and things like that and a lot of uh, other anime in that sort of same it, vein. It, it does affect you though because when you're like on the motorway and you see like a lorry with loads of like tree logs or something, all you can think is that's going to come and kill me. Yeah, 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 100%. Because of Final Destination or like with the umbrella in another, you think I'm going to fall over and that's going to stab me. You know what? I actually had this premonition in Rome. So I went to Rome about two weeks ago for my best friend's birthday. And have you heard of the Spanish steps with a big staircase? No. Well, there's an area that's just a massive staircase up to this building and it's called the Spanish steps. It's pretty big. And as I was walking down the Spanish steps after taking pictures, I said to my best friend, Emily, shout out to Emily. I said, I just envisioned something horrible. And she goes, did you imagine yourself falling? And I went, yeah. And the difference is that normally when you say that, you'd think someone would be more careful to not fall. We were going to walk to Moschino, which is, you know, a a brand. And um, I was going to look it up on Google Maps. So I get my phone out and I start typing it in on Google Maps. As I'm walking down the stairs and I miss a step, I just fall down the stairs at the Spanish steps in the middle of a a religious monument essentially and it's illegal to sit on the Spanish steps but I'd hurt myself so bad that I still have a bruise to this day on the side of my leg and on my knees and my ankle is still a bit sore from it and yeah that really messed me up and also my palms were really bruised for a while they're fine now uh, from where I supported myself falling so luckily I could still walk for the rest of the holiday but I I knew I imagined myself falling and I still fell you know what that's a proof of the uh, manifestation I, I yeah I manifested the fall apparently yeah, you did. You did. so don't think of yourself hurting yeah. because it will happen because it will happen you will fuck yourself up there was another question that i had but i'm i'm very conscious of time because there's people walking back and forth they might kick us out any moment so what are you excited about playing in the future oh 
Okay, what am I excited about? So, uh, my sister recently got me a PSN card for my birthday. Okay, how much? Uh, £25, but she specifically got me £25 because the game I wanted is £24.99. Okay, what game is it? Which is Stray. I am a crazy cat lady. Okay, And I need to play that game. I heard that game is really depressing. Yes, and my boyfriend described it as near automata but a cat game. And near automata messed me up, so I'm like, yes, messed me up. You're you're ready for it. I saw the theories online and I was like, I hope we get a second stray game because it. No spoilers. I'm not going to spoil it, but the stuff that happens in that game makes you think about life. See, I hadn't uh, started it yet because there was new content on Final Fantasy XIV and I played with friends. But I've finished most of that content now, so soon now I should have time to play Stray and really get into it, get into my feelings, and I'm very excited for it. But I'm hoping it's not too bad because I can't stand any cats getting hurt. Don't spoil it, but I, yeah. Because I I just can't, like, I am such a cat lover. Like, my cat Gaga died last year and I had to take a whole week off work because I was just so miserable. I couldn't stop crying mm. I, it's still obsessed me to this day just thinking about it so me and cats are just i can't i can't see a cat getting hurt any other animal i don't care but cats well, uh, <laughs> peter coming for us yeah rspca it's not <laughs> any other animal no fuck them no but I'm cats not. are uh, even humans i'm like screw it that's why I can you know what yours. there's a lot of people that have that same sort of vibe where they care more for animals than uh, you know what sometimes I, I say this all the time there's certain animals that we don't deserve their love you know what i mean you know what's funny most of my friends are vegan i'm one of the only meat eaters yeah so i hear a lot of like these opinions and most of my you know what the vegan stereotype is wrong like most of them are fine with meat and meat. well they're not they're probably not fine with it but they aren't rude about it they know that it's a choice that i've made and i could choose not to eat meat but i do because i love it and I, I i honestly i would kill a cow for a steak i will do it with my own bare hands and and you know who's gonna eat the steak me and my cats we're all gonna eat the steak together. Yeah, it's interesting that you mention that because I've done that. Oh? I, I used to work in a slaughterhouse. Oh, okay. It's a horrible experience. I thought, oh, you know what? I'm gonna go out of this experience becoming vegan. Yeah. But it made me, people are gonna think I'm a horrible person. It made me feeling hungry. No, but I get that. I get that in aquariums. I'm a big fish lover. Okay, yeah. So sometimes I look at fish and I'm like, like, oh, "Oh, I can't wait to have some seafood, (laughs) which is so bad. Well, I mean, it's the same thing with the with the slaughterhouse. I mean, obviously. Well, that's the thing. Humans are animals at the end of the day. and Yeah, but you wouldn't eat a human, would you? I mean, yeah, we wouldn't eat other humans. But, like, the point is, is, like, we still look at things like fish and go, yeah, it's alive, but I could still eat it, I guess. Because it's, it's, it's how a cat would look at it. Cats look at birds and go, I'm going to kill it. You know, we have a little bit of an in- Some of us still have an instinct, I guess. Not that I'm... You know what? The vegans are going to hate me. The I'm vegans so are coming after how you do I specifically. Have, how do I have so many vegans? friends with these opinions i don't know you know what i mean i've i've got vegan friends as well shout out to sven he's vegan and he's he's got a very like nice way of thinking about it i don't know i I, it was too complex for me to even remember it but i came out of that conversation thinking you know what i'm gonna start eating less meat yeah which is a bit odd that we're talking about this on on a gaming podcast but it's something to be conscious of i guess yeah anything you want to sort of end the podcast oh what do i want to end this on that's such a pressure that's a, that's a really big pressure to end it on a message that's important oh you don't need to end it on a message that's well, important. i want to end it on a message that's important okay fine. i guess the main thing is that because the whole point of me going on this podcast was to talk about my career and i mentioned manifestations a little bit which i know some people are gonna look at that and think oh that's such a hippie thing but like just be kind to yourself reach for your goals and dreams and 
Also, I understand that I come from a place of privilege where I got very lucky with things like a scholarship. Like some people can't even go to university, for example. And I did get very lucky and I'm so aware of how lucky I am. But I do believe that to a degree, yeah, not everyone's going to have the same luck as me or other people. Mm -hmm. But I still feel like there's things we, sh we should be striving for and just being kinder to yourself is very important to me. And I think everyone should, you know, just be kind to yourself, aim for what you want to aim for. You know, start that podcast that you've always wanted to start. A lot of people kind of go up to me and they, they get a bit confused because it's like I've been podcasting since I was 15. So I'm now... 28 this year so almost 12 years or something like that but people get confused so it's like how can you do that for that long do you know what i mean or a lot of people tend to ask me fish like do you have any advice for the next generation of podcasters and that's a question i want to ask for you do you have any advice for people that want to get into the industry what's your main piece of advice so I think this is going to sound a bit morbid, but at the end of the day, a job is a job and you have to work. Okay. Uh, so when you do have a job in games, it is a lot of work and you have to be, you're not going to enjoy all of it because you are working, basically. I love my job, but it is hard work and it's, it's good to remember that no job is going to be easy no job is gonna be fun all the time and that's like that with any industry any job even like influencers or creators like you know they have to put so much work in and it's it isn't all sunshine and rainbows and it's the same in games is it better than other jobs probably but it's still hard work and also just try and have other hobbies because sometimes work on a game will put you off a little bit temporarily but I mean I get over it and then I'm like okay I'm over it now because sometimes you associate like the stress with like the game and you don't want to touch it but I do get over it and then I just play the game and I have a fantastic time and I'm able to really separate work from me being a gamer outside of work but in, in anyone's case it's good to have multiple hobbies so you have something to fall back on so for me I'm a big lover of music I go to a lot of concerts I go out a lot, I uh, watch anime, I watch TV, I watch horror movies, like I have lots of lots, I'm a big, big YouTube watcher, I love YouTube, so just make sure you have lots of hobbies and backup hobbies so you can step away from, because your, your life will become video games and it sounds great at face value, but you, you do want to have a little bit of variety. That's my big advice. That is actually excellent advice because there are times in which I don't want to even, like I haven't seen anime for a good year because doing an anime podcast i don't want to what even if it's an anime i'm hyped for yeah i i'm like okay i was really hyped for jujitsu kaisen and i was like okay but having to watch it for a podcast it's the is same. different it, you know what i watch another competing podcast sorry okay uh, no no you could say it actually so trash taste they're oh, okay the biggest yeah. anime podcast they're not an now. anime podcast. i'm sorry no I'm, but they, barely, I'm sorry they never it. talk about anime they never talk about anime and i i love them they are good but they are anime centric yeah so there's some anime features it started off as an anime podcast yeah and they said that a big reason they don't cover anime as much is because they all stopped watching it because they all got tired of it that's true and i it's like i don't think it's that they dislike anime no, it's not like that. Especially like with Joey being, That's another thing, yeah. Like especially with Joey being the anime man. Yeah. His life is anime. Yeah. And he lives in Japan, which yeah. is the land of anime. Exactly. I can understand that level of burnout that he would get. Or the yeah. same with Giguk. Like Giguk, I think, gets it like Gant gets it a lot worse because I don't know if you're familiar with Gant's earlier content yeah. where he would cover every anime in yes. a season. Yeah. But we tried doing that. It's horrible. Yeah. Because not all the anime in the season is going to be good yeah. and it's hard i mean i don't know much about connor what do you connor. think about what do you think about connor 
You know what? He he's he's a he's a spicy man. <laughs> I think a lot of us can agree. A lot of women can agree with us. I think he has more female yes he watches does. than I male. I think he does because because the black butler stuff isn't it when he was I, in the it's, a bit, it's, a, it's because he doesn't really he's a bit open with his gender like he, oh, okay. he, he he's not the stereotypical masculine man again again women don't want a stereotypical masculine man a woman wants a man who will get into a maid costume you know which he has done before exactly. on numerous occasions yeah exactly like it's the fact that he will go into like a Japanese strip club and just try it out for a day because he goes out of his comfort zone yeah he clearly hates it but it's entertaining and there's something very attractive about a man who will you know get in the maid costume or mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. you know who cares about the gender stereotype a ma- a- another man might look at it and be like oh that's really lame yeah but i don't think so i mean as you said he he does go outside the yeah. box a lot like oh. especially watching the video where he was in the i can't remember if it was a butler cafe or if yeah, it was like yeah. a he did a butler cafe yeah. or something like that it was a host cafe or yeah, something like he that did a host cafe or and something. it was just interesting and he he also went out to be one of the hosts yeah, and I was yeah. Like, he's putting himself out there do i like his content all the time i don't personally like i wouldn't go and seek his content but I do respect See, him. See, he's my favorite one out oh, of yeah? the three. That's the thing. See, he for me, he came out of nowhere because I'd already was watching uh, Joey and Gaunt at the same time. Yeah. So I'm like, who the hell is this British guy? To and be fair, Connor did come out of nowhere compared to the yeah. other two. But he is, I, like, it feels bad saying you have a favorite, but like. No, I mean, yeah, you, you, you have attract, to have a favorite. You're attracted to a genre of video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for me, just those experiential videos are more fun for me also he looks really sexy in a suit i mean exactly and i'm not even a suit girl i'm not even gay but i can even tell you he's just he's a sexy man literally literally a yeah. lot of people say that and it's it's fine it's true um, i mean it's it's not a lie i know we're going on we're supposed to end this like 10 minutes yeah, ago it was meant to be like a, i had a final message and but it's fine no but you know what the final message is that connor is sexy there you go yeah, there we go that's there the, you go. Final that's the final message, message. Uh, that being said, big thanks to our sponsors, Crunchyroll and Sugoi Mart. In addition to that, big thanks for Platform Gaming Bar in London for actually allowing us to use the space for free. If you guys want to know more information, there will be ads on there as well as links in the description. And big thanks to Melissa for coming on today. Thank you so much for having me. Pleasure. Hopefully you'll come on again. Maybe, maybe, yeah. Maybe. Okay, I'll co- I will come on again if the people want it. If at least one person says everyone's they want gonna, it, I will everyone's come on. gonna want it. All right. Literally, everyone's I am gonna want so it. irrelevant. Why do you think that, Melissa? You should really have more confidence. I in don't yourself. know. I just, I just think it's funny. But you know what? I wouldn't have asked you on this podcast if I didn't think you were an awesome person. We'll see. If if one if I see one person say they want me back on, then I will come back. I'm on. gonna make sure. If you want Melissa to come back on, make it a public tweet. Just. Be like, can we get Melissa on, please? And then I will say to them, no, Melissa was shit on this episode. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I can take criticism. No, I'm not, I'm not. That was a joke. I do that with Nathan all the time. But I'm thinking about having more than one person on because the idea behind this thing is that we introduce the person on one episode and then allow them to come on in a more like, I know this is kind of laid back, but like even more laid back. Yeah. If that makes sense. Because part of me would like to see, because look, Nathan's a little bit of a troll. I know we're talking about Nathan a lot, but Nathan's a little bit of a no, troll. No, put me and Nathan on. Or, or, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You and Nathan or, or you and Rhea. You know who you can put on? Yes, of Rhea, maybe. Or do you know HD Jammers? I don't. Jammers on Twitter. He's my best male friend. Okay. And he has been my best friend since university. Okay. And he is an esports commentator. That put would us be interesting. On. We will give you a show. Okay. Well, if you're listening, Jammers, 
Send me a DM. He will be listening. He, he will be listening? He will be listening. Okay, so shout out to him. Send shout out to Jamus. You will be listening. Okay, so what is it because you're going to send him the link? Absolutely. Okay, cool. So Jamus, if you're listening, this is a public invitation. Send me a DM. We'll have you on. And then we'll, we'll have you on with Melissa. How does that sound? Absolutely. Okay. You've promised the show, so you're going to have to make it good. Oh, gosh. I'll, I'll convince him. I'll convince okay, him. Cool. All right. Cool. Is there anyone else you want to shout out? I want to shout out George, who is uh, one of the social guys at Square Enix. He's one yeah. of my best friends as well. And Lucy Hale, who is the presenter at Square Enix. <laughs> she does all the Outriders and Life is Strange stuff. I, I just want to mention one thing about George. Does he still have that awesome mustache? Yes. Okay. Th- can we talk about that for a moment? Absolutely. It's amazing. How does George? he How does he keep it up? I, I don't know. It suits him. I don't even know the guy, but all I know, as soon as he mentioned his name, I was like, that's the guy with the mustache. He is, he is a one good looking dude. Yeah. yeah. If he's listening, you need to give us your secrets. We need to know. I don't know if he'll share that. I'm joking. No, I, I don't know. Maybe, he might. Well, I don't know. Even if he doesn't, I, it's, I've never seen a man that has pulled off a mustache. It's his Cypriot jeans. That might be it. That must that be it. That might be it. Anyway, that being said, bye. Bye.